Okay, great to see everybody. Uh, good to be back learning the Messias uh, Sharim. We are holding here in the middle of Perik Yud Aleph, um, the Perik of Prate Midas Anakias. Again, we were talking about the Midas of Nakias. Nakias means uh, the things that you may ra- a person may rationalize because of their great desire for them. Right? It's not things that are black and white usher. Uh It's definitely usher, but a person kind of views them as gray areas because of their great desire uh, for them. So that's Nikias, and we try and uh, talk about, you know, try, a person's try, what a definition of Nikias is removing yourself from that equation and trying to view the action in question uh, as a third party. Um, and the last thing we had talked about, again, if you're following on the text, so we're, we're on page Samachay, page 65, uh, in the Feldheim, um, with the paragraph that starts, Od Be'inyan, right, the third, that long paragraph there on the page. Um, it's a, if, you're, if you don't have that text, it's about seven or eight pages into the, the 11th barrack. Um, so basically, he had already talked, we had already, last week we talked about theft uh, and, and arayos and inappropriate relationships. So now the Ramchal is going to jump to some other halachos, um, some related, some not. Um, and we're, again, we're not going to get through uh, the entire barrack, as you can tell, it's very long, so um, we will uh, try and get as far as we can. Um, but, but yeah, so basically we're on page Samechei and the, the Ramchal moves right, from the realm of Arayos to what he calls Arayos of the mouth. Right? It says, znus ozen, which is, uh, you know, znus is, uh, is an appropriate relationship. So he says that the, the equivalent, right, that's an action. Those are maisim, those are what you do with your body. And this is already talking about that type of action with your mouth uh, and, your, uh, and your ears. Now, this again, we, just to clarify, right? We we discussed when we discussed theft and we discussed arayos, we didn't talk about like obvious isurim, right? We didn't talk about highway robbery, which everybody knows is usur, or uh, sleeping with your sibling, which everybody knows is usur, right? We talked about uh, more rationalized isurim, like things you do in business and halachos of business and paying people, etc. Uh, we talked about yichud and ni and negia and stuff like that. So the Ramchal is now moving over to an area of halacha that we basically call. Right in the vernacular, nibble pet. Right, nibble pet. Inappropriate speech, talking like a bum, uh, has many subcategories. Right, obviously uh, refers to cursing, but also uh, t- different types of inappropriate speech. Right, also in the ar- arena of arayos. Right, of speaking inappropriately in a speaking in a non-sneeze manner. Uh, as Ramchal is going to give an example. Uh, let's say Mr. Shem, you go to a wedding, and someone crudely mentions uh, what's going to happen after the wedding. So. Obviously, terribly inappropriate and frankly disturbing. That's nibble pet. That's associated with harayos. That's it's not only dirty jokes that you hear from you know every comedian ever, but it's also you know speaking inappropriately with a certain levity um, and uh, and frankly distaste. So so that's what Ramchal says that that is what we're talking about over here. Not the obvious isurim, just like not by theft and by arrest. We didn't talk about that. We're talking about the kind of like. Isurim that we'll see, we'll explain in a second that a person speaks inappropriately, but it, it may not realize, he may rationalize because he wants people to like them, she wants she wants to make a funny joke, she thinks people will laugh, etc. I think that we may not necessarily uh, internalize or we'll try to rationalize. The Ramchal here quotes in this first long paragraph a bunch of sources uh, referring to, you know, talking about Nibbalpa and uh, the, the Isurim uh, and the um, I guess how serious it is, right? It quotes, uh, it quotes, Yerushalmi in Trumos, Velo Yerecha, Velo Yerecha, Velo Yerecha, Velo Yerecha, Sorry, 
Ervas Davar. Pasuk says you shouldn't have any Ervas Davar, any Arayos, and the Gemara Darshan's Ervas Dibor, right? That the, the Zen Nibble Pet, right? That person shouldn't have any inappropriate speech. And it quotes the Gemara Shabbos. The Gemara Shabbos Lama Gimel has a bunch of Mamari Chazal about how bad Nibble Pet is. Uh, the Gemara says, quotes over here that Bechuri Sonem Shal Yisrael Mesim Chasashalom. That the young people of, you know, young literally means the enemies of the Jews, but that's whenever the Gemara wants to refer to the Jews. He doesn't want to say anything because it makes, a, it makes an Ayn Hara. So it says the young enemies of the Jews, which means that young, young Jews, God forbid, will, will pass away from this. Uh, same Gemara keeps on saying that Gehenim gets deeper for these people. Uh, Seventy years of righteousness and one bad comment. This is where the Gemara talks about the a comment about the bride and groom on the wedding night. Right? The Gemara says if a person is righteous for seventy years and one com- one crude comment at a wedding flips the entire person's judgment at the end of his life on his head on its head. Uh, Gemara says that it's very comparable to Lashon Hara in the sense that even if a person hears Nivelpe and doesn't say anything, right, it makes Kaj Baruch Hu angry. What's What's going on over here? What's what's the real Nakuda over here? What's the real issue? So Rav Miller, as I said several times, I learned in Mishael Sisharim by Rav David Miller, so he explains, it's basically an insult to Akash Baruch Hu. Akash Baruch Hu gave us a Korcha Dibor. The Korcha Dibor, the ability for humans to speak, is, and obviously to process in their brains, but that is played out by our speech, is what sets us apart from animals, other creations, etc. Right? We have the Korcha Dibor, we have an ability to speak, and we are defiling it. We are defiling this unique ability that God gave us that's supposed to set us apart. So it's like a rebellion, it's a rebellion against the Kaj Baruch Hu. And I thought perhaps that that's why it's associated with Arayos, because the Kaj Baruch Hu gave us this desire for intimacy in order that we should reproduce, etc., etc. And people defile that with our human instinct and, and don't, uh, don't deal with it in a holy way. So it's the same issue. Right? We have this amazing ability to speak. No one thinks about it. No one pays any attention to it. We just spit out words and type words and, and etc., etc., and perhaps it's the same issue. Now, while it's definitely true, now the Ramchal continues over here, just to flip the page on, on Samagvav, um, he says that if it, it's definitely true that if a person speaks in an inappropriate way, in a dirty way, they make dirty jokes, lewd jokes, etc., they're obviously more liable and more apt to fall into violating those types of Yisurim, right? Obviously, a person who talks about Rahman uh, Slanka, the bride and groom on their wedding night, is much more likely to violate the Yisurim of Arayos, a person who talks about theft, as we talked before, is more likely not to care about other people's money. If that's all they do, is they make these types of jokes. Um, but says Ramchal, that's not the only reason it's Osir. Right? Very often the Yitzhahara, well, we'll get to this in a minute. But very often the Yitzhahara, right, gets us to violate Yisurim because they rationalize mm, that's just to make sure you don't do something else. Right, like, like uh, at least definitely Muktzah is the obvious example. Uh, oh, you can move, it's fine, you can move that pen. It's just so you don't come to write with it. Obviously, you're not going to write with it. So that's what the Yitzhahara at times does to us. And that's what the Yitzhahara would say here. Right, it's, the, the issue to not speak appropriate, to, of, of not speaking appropriately, is not just because you might come to violate Arayos, theft, etc., etc. Right? It's not like if a person could theoretically say, I guarantee that I'll keep my actions 100% clean, all I'm going to do is make dirty jokes. But it won't lead to anything. I'm just going to make dirty jokes. It won't lead to anything. I know myself a million percent. So that's still usser. Right? The inappropriate speech is, is still a pro, is still usser. Right? Even if a person says that the Allah is the is just to scare you off from the actual isser, that's another rationalization of the Yitzhahara. Right? There are plenty of really surim over here. The Ramchal just got done quoting. A bunch of Gemaras, or quotes of Pasuk in Yishayahu, 
there are a bunch of really surim here, right? Just like there's an issue of Lashon Hara, there's an issue of Rechilus, and there's an issue of Nevopet. Right? It's not just, the issue is, the problem is not just that a person will become looser in their morals uh, because of the joke. The joke itself, the, the, the speech itself is inappropriate, right? There's no way that a Kosh Baruch wants a Ben or a Bastor to talk. Uh, right? <laughs> we like to joke all the time. There's a, there's a reason there's a stigma of rabbi jokes. Because A, they're bad, um, but B, they're appropriate. And very often those, unfortunately, because of the human psyche, those often go hand in hand. Now, the best comedians are able to make appropriate jokes that are funny. But, you know, okay, whatever. But tacos is that, you know, again, that nibble pet is, is, uh, is, is also in and of itself, not because it'll lead something else. Now, and, and again, it has the line over here in this, in, on page 66, Right? Nivolpe is the arayos of speech, right? As we quoted before, there's a concept of erva, of inappropriateness for actions, right? Physical actions, and there's an erva for speech. And we'll talk about the erva for thought in a second. But there's a there's realm of erva for speech, that's nivolpe. Right? Just like the flavor of pig, right? Actual pig, not like fake, you know, like they make fake bacon bits. That's not what I mean. I mean, like the flavor of actual bacon. Even though you're not eating natural bacon, is also right. It's not if you eat pig bacon soup, even though there's no actual bacon in it, it's still also even though you have the flavor. Not because you may come to eat bacon. It's because it's also because it, the soup itself, the flavor itself is also. It's the same thing with no pet. It's not because it's going to lead you to arayos, right? It's intrinsically also. And Enochanami says Ramchal, even though there's a slippery slope, and it's definitely true that a lewd person is more apt to do lewd things, but that that's not that's not what we're talking about over here, right? The, it's the incest of speech, right? The erva of speech, the perversion of the kachadib. Which is which is the problem? Now the Binyan Amachshava on the bottom of page sixty-six. So says again. The quotes a pasuk. I guess it's a pasuk. Yeah, the pasuk. Guard yourself from anything that is bad. And he says the Gemara says right in the Gemara Vodazar. Shiur Adam Bayom Tuma Balayla. A person should shouldn't think inappropriate thoughts during the day, and then come to uh, maybe inappropriate actions. Uh, at night, any type of tumor, right? Quotes another Gemara, etc. Now, in a sense, right? Quote the, the oh, I guess the next Gemara is probably what I'm going to talk about right now, right? The Gemara says in Yuma that hirhure avera kashame avera that the thoughts about an avera are worse or more difficult than the actual avera. Now, Rav Miller explained that what does that mean, right? Obviously, if a person now it does not mean right that if a person thinks about stealing something and then refrains from stealing it. Right? It would have been better for him to actually steal it. That's not true. Right? But, in a certain sense, a person's thoughts of doing an Avera are worse than the actual Avera itself. Remember, explained, not that I understand this entirely, but the Nevesh Chaim, which is a Sefer written by Rav Chaim Volozhny, or Rav Chaim Brisker, same person, that, that, um, that uh, talks, about, talks about basically this, the basic Kabbalah 101, so, right, you guys are starting college, so Kabbalah 101, and he basically explains there that a person is made up of nefesh, ruach, and neshama. I'm not sure I understand this entirely, but nefesh relates to a person's actions. That's closest to the physical world. Ruach deals with speech, and then neshama is in the world of machshava, and of thoughts, and then neshama is what's closest to the Kosh Baruch Hu. Right, if you think about a hierarchy of like, uh, what we talk about here in the Sion's Shama, about a ladder, so let me talk about a hierarchy. The neshama is closest of those three to Gosh Baruch Hu. So a flaw in that area, right? A flaw in the area of thoughts is perhaps of greater importance, seriousness, right? A Gosh Baruch Hu Rachman Aliba Boy. wants our hearts and our thoughts. A Gosh Baruch Hu is interested in our what we think internally as well, right? But on the flip side, 
and perhaps this is why the Ramchal just spends a couple of paragraphs on it, and he does actually say this straight, right, straight away, that thoughts are obviously very difficult to control. Right? Obviously very difficult to control. Nikias in the realm of Machshava means not to allow these inappropriate thoughts to continue. Right? Not only uh, to rationalize that, oh, it's only thoughts, it's totally fine. Right? But to say, hey, listen, these thoughts in themselves are intrinsically usher. Right? Inappropriate thoughts are, as we said before, they are rios of right, actions, speech, and now inappropriate thoughts are rios of, of, of Machshava, of thoughts. Um, now, in Echonami, it is very difficult to, to control a person's thoughts. Rav Miller tells a story about a Hasidic Rebbe. Uh, someone went to him and said, Rebbe, my thoughts are all over the place. They're pulling me in all different types of directions. I can't control myself. Right, lusting over this, that, and the other thing. So the Rebbe said, there's someone who can help you. Right, go to this, you know, Shlema the innkeeper. Right, he's in the middle of nowhere. And uh, But by the way, you have to get there before 8 p.m. Because between 8 p.m. and 7 a.m. Right, at night, right, the inn is locked. So obviously, as you might imagine, as always with these Chassidish Shurema stories, the, the guy goes, and obviously there's a snowstorm, and he got there late, and he's, you know, he's bang, eight, it's 8.30, he's banging on the door, screaming, shouting, I'm going to freeze, I'm going to freeze, right? Obviously, door is locked, no one's there. Obviously, he spends the night out in the cold, freezing. At 7 a.m., door opens, and, uh, you know, maybe yell at him a little bit, but go, go, goes inside, spends a couple of days, comes back to the Rebbe and says, I don't know what you're talking about. The guy's no, nothing special. It's just a random guy. It's just a st- random guy. So why did you send me to this random guy in the middle of nowhere? So the Rebbe asked him, what happened when you, when you got there? He said, well, I got there a little late and the door was locked. And it wouldn't open no matter how hard I knocked or banged or yelled. So the Rebbe said, everyone has a door. Like, you can lock the door. If there's a will to lock the door, you'll lock the door. So you can lock it. Right? You can lock out the makshavas. You just need to learn how. Right, there's a, everyone has a door. That was his most of term. And this is a tremendous lesson for us nowadays, especially when we let everything in with our phones, our screens, etc. There needs to be a door. Right? People think of thoughts as impossible to control. Again, you see the phrase in like old like literature, you have thoughts unbidden. That's like the phrase, that thoughts come to you without any... But, but it's not true, talkless, Right, Whatever a person surrounds themselves... Right, with during the day, as the Gemara said, right, whatever you surround yourself with during the day is where you're going to be thinking about it at night. Right, if you watch 15 episodes of Incestuous Housewives of Sodom, so I don't know, you'll have you know thoughts about Rahman al Islam, you know, cheating on your husband, however subconscious it's going to be. Obviously, I'm not saying that that is direct, but it's sub however subconscious it's going to be, that's what's going to be in the back of your head, right? If you're listening to a shir about not speaking the Lopet, right, or Elul or whatever, so that's what you'll be thinking about. Now, obviously, sometimes it's not always true. Sometimes thoughts come in, whatever, fine. But a person very much can control the things that they see during the day, and, uh, and therefore the thoughts that, the majority of thoughts, at least, that come to their head, right, after the fact. Um... So, so again, so I kind of, that's basically the end of Machshava, right? It doesn't really, it doesn't uh, really elaborate so much about, uh, about Machshava. Um, and again, he's covered up until now theft and arayos, right? Which are outlined here because, you know, they're both very complex and have a lot of details and a lot of aspects to it. And on top of that, a person has a tremendous desire for the, both of them. And so that leads them to rationalization. So now he switches gears. He switches gears here on page uh, sixty-seven, on page Samach Zayin, right, to another arena which a person desires very much and therefore rationalizes uh, being lax in the halacha, and that is machalas asuros, 
uh, treif and all its accompanying halachos. Right? A person obviously desires good food. Now, it's not on the level of the previous two, um, but obviously people, des- people desire this. And that says Ramchal, there's another level here, which is that it, there's a, a money aspect. It costs a lot of money. If you don't know, ask your parents. It costs a ton of money to keep kosher. If you ever walked into a treif, uh, that was a treif um, supermarket. I remember once I was recruiting in Dallas. In Dallas, in the supermarket there, they have uh, kosher sandwiches, right? Again, I need a kosher sandwich. I'm going to take it on a plane or whatever. I wanted to have some, you know, a couple sandwiches deli. So I remember I picked up uh, a sandwich uh, and I went to the register and it rang up. I forget the number, but it was, it was too cheap. It was like, it was like three bucks. And I was like, what is this? Three dollars for like a pastrami sandwich? Like there was no, there was no way. And I looked at it, sure enough, and it was, it was, it was treif. They put the treif sandwiches in the fridge basically next to the kosher sandwiches with just a very slim divider. So I was like, I was, I literally didn't eat treif. I was, I was saved from eating treif because it was too cheap. Right? So there's a, definitely, says Ramchal, there's a, an aspect of, you know, it costs money. So people will obviously rationalize, right? Well, I don't need that heksher, this heksher, whatever it is. There's a combination, says Ramchal, of a desire to eat good food and to save your money, which only increases increases the rationalization. But says Ram Khalim in the last paragraph on page sixty-seven, uh, fascinating, powerful language. Someone who is lenient, right? Someone who is makil in this area of kashrus, doesn't say like, oh, you can eat treif. He says, Enu nafso. He is destroying his soul. It's very powerful, right? He quotes a puzzle over here in Parshas right? That uh, don't don't become tame through right, treif because you will become tame through it, right? And that's what Chazal explained that when a person eats treif, so the person is defiled, contaminated, whatever you want, whatever phrase you want, right? Through these foods, and he says over here, I'm just reading at the end. Tray food puts and enters or cause or, or increases, whatever it is, whatever you machnisim means to enter, but like the food is causing to enter, whatever. Causes tuma mamish, actual impurity, actual tuma into a person's heart and into a person's soul. Until the holiness right, leaves you and, and, and gets far from you. Right? It's, it's fascinating, but it, it's like the parallel, the easy parallel. Is like drugs. Is is again not, not maybe perhaps marijuana. Although I don't know, maybe that's maybe there are new studies about that. But everyone knows that like let's say hard drugs, hard drugs, cigarettes. Everybody knows that that they're bad for you. They're bad for a person's health, right? So, but there is a strong desire to I guess take them. So, just like there's a physical health that a person can damage by taking stuff, there's also a spiritual health, right? Also, food damages a person's spiritual health. Period. Full stop. That's what I'll tell us. It's ingested into the person. It becomes a part of the person. And then a person becomes desensitized to Kedusha at Tarkash Baruch Hu. Miller tell the story about the stipler, the stipler Gon, that the night of in Bnei Brak, right, died uh, 50 years ago, maybe. Anyway, he, he said, and the story goes, that, that he claimed that 100 years ago, 
there were people who were walking around, let's right, say in the 1850s, whatever it is, there were people who were walking around who were Gaonim, who were geniuses, holding in everything. And not like the Gedolia door. Like there were tons of these people walking around holding, holding in all of, of, all of Kol Torah Kula. Nowadays, much fewer. Says, says the stipler, I don't understand. There are so many more people learning now than ever before, probably. Right? Yet there are much fewer, right? There are very few Gedolim. There are much fewer people who are just holding in everything. So why is this true? So the stipler felt what has happened between the 1850s and now, so or let's say 50 years ago. So the stipler felt it was the industrial revolution. He says he said that not because people were eating pork. Fascinating. It's very interesting to think about. But the entire food industry, basically in the last 150 years or let's say 100 years ago, became industrialized. Right? So not no longer were people kind of growing wheat in their backyard and, and shechting their own cows. Now there's a processing center and a gathering center and all these types of these different types of stuff. There's a shchit, There's a factory for shchita. Uh, everything you know, you have no idea what's getting into the machines and the factory to making bread or whatever. Now again, I'm not saying that we're eating bugs with our bread, but there's certain halachas that, you know, once you're manufacturing on a grand scale, there's certain halachas that people are lax at. Uh, just the, for an example, it used to be that there was a shochet in town, right, a butcher in town, and he would shecht every cow and he would expect, inspect it and put it in his store. And uh, every cow got a check, every shechita got a check, and it hung in the store. And again, uh, you know, he salted it, whatever, put it away, and people bought it, and that, and that was it. Nowadays, shechita places are, man- are factories. Right, the the, the shochit doesn't check his knife after every shechita. That would be a tremendous waste of money. It would take him forever. So we rely on different halachos of roe. Well, well, I guess it must be most most cows are. Well, I don't know about cows, but definitely most, definitely chickens. Most chickens are kosher. So we'll check for this. We won't check for this. There, there are all these different types of halachos that we kind of skip over because we're manufacturing so fast. So the stipler felt that it was because of machalos asuros, that it, inevitably people were eating things that were being metamte nalev and causing spirituality. To distance themselves from a person. Okay, I don't. Again, I, I don't know if it's true, but that's that's the Rav Miller said. Mr. Um, Ramchal says here that again that Machal Sasuras caused a person to lose their relationship with the Kosh Baruch Not only that, caused a person to lose their seichel, and that's what, again that's what the stipler is talking about uh, on page sixty-eight in the second line. A person loses their seichel, their intelligence, and their wisdom, their ability to discern between kedusha and and and, ta, and toma right, from a Kosh Baruch Again, a person is a Kosh Baruch Hu is giving them. Right, Kosh Baruch says, Hashem gives us the Chachma, but a person is unable to receive it right, because of what he puts in his body. He's like a spiritual sieve. Right? So, so this is what Machalos Asuros does. Right? More, right, worse than all other Yisurim, even though obviously other Yisurim remove a person from, from a relationship with a Kosh Baruch Hu, but since the tree food becomes part of the person himself, right, it has a much more uh, profound uh, effect. Uh, and says the Ramchal, it's not only treif mamish, it's not only pig, it's also kosher food that, for example, wasn't treated properly, wasn't shechted, as I said before. Uh, Miller said back in the day, I don't know if it's true now, I don't think so, but there was something called kosher style, that just like people kept kind of like, you know, sort of not really Shabbos so much, they were just like, whatever. They also kept kosher style, which basically meant that they would eat kosher animals, but with no regard for halachas of shechita or whatever. Uh, or, or nowadays, you know, you have different types of echsherim. There's OU and there's Triangle K. Right? And some, sometimes the difference, again, sometimes the difference between them are not so big. Right? The Ramchal here gives an example that uh, the difference between a kosher shechita and a non kosher shechita, right? a kosher shechita cuts, just to, for basic sake, cuts the entire windpipe and trachea of the animal. 
uh, a non-kosher shechita cuts, let's say, for example, one of them. Right? That's not a lot, but one is completely treif and one is completely kosher. Right? The details matter. So there's no such thing as almost kosher. Right? So the rationalization tends to come in nowadays, right? as, uh, you know, as, as we mentioned, right? With, uh, people unfortunately uh, you know, will try and cut corners in this area. Right? People will cu- try to cut corners for monetary reasons. Uh, and they're negligent in these types of halachos. So basically, Nikios says, right, this Mida says not to do this. Not to do this. Don't cut corners by kashras, by what you eat. Now, so says Ramchal in the, in the third paragraph from page 68, how does a person do this? How do you, how do you rise above the temptation of to be lazy? Okay, this halacha, that halacha, yain nesach, chalav stam, right? Now, how, how, do you, how do you rise above the temptation to... To, to eat, you know, these types of things. So the Gemara says, so, so Gemara says it also, but he says specifically over here, you should think, you should think of these machos or suras as if they're poison. You should think of the treif as if it's poison. Right? There was a story about one case in Washington State that some idiot pharmacist put poison in some sort of medicine bottle instead of the medicine, and no one ever bought that medicine ever again, even though it was like one in a million chance. So, and rightfully so, I wouldn't take that stuff if there was ever a mistake like that. So just like we would do for our body, that for our body, so we should do that for our soul as well. Right? I had a Shaila today. Right? Someone asked uh, if they could eat Rabbanut. Now, I don't want to get into the whole Rabbanut Mahajan thing in Israel, and Rabbanut is kosher. I don't want to make any you know, mistake about that. But the attitude of the person asking the Shaila was, well, maybe if I go to the Rabbanut store and it's old, it's, like, it's not... Maybe it's just coffee, or maybe it's just this type of milk, or maybe it's just almond milk, maybe it's just so... Again, and, and I appreciate where they're coming from, and I, I totally get it, but the attitude shouldn't be, where do you cut corners in kashras? The attitude should be, right, how do I keep myself safe from poison? And again, Rabbanutin is not poison, it's not shreif, and whatever, but that discussion is, is for inherent Israel. But a person should view, you know, kosher as if there's kosher, and then there's poison. Right, people who are again, people who are or who are, who are lenient with poison, would be would be looked like them as sugar. Right, are you crazy? Like if you had ten pills and one of them was poison, would you put a pill in your mouth? No, of course not. That's crazy. So that's simple intelligence. So that should be the same thing for like kosher as well. Right, if you haven't heard of this hexer or whatever it is, so stay away from it. Right, unfortunately, people don't necessarily stay away from uh, poison of their soul because they tend to rationalize. Okay, the Ramchal now again switches gears again. As I said, this parrot kind of kind of moves kind of fast once you get past uh, Geneva and Arayos. Um, is that it, now on page sixty nine? Fascinating. Isurim that come up with social gatherings, right? And as you might imagine, right, all of them are related to. Inappropriate speech, not like the inappropriate speech we talked about before, but other types of stuff, as we'll talk about in a second. Right, Honas Devarim, which is, as he translates over here, which is verbal abuse, which is, okay, it's not a great translation, but it's fine. Habanas Panam, embarrassing people in public. Hachshalas Iver Be'itzah, giving bad advice. Rechilu Sin, okay, we're just going to do the first three, and then I think we'll cut it. Because there is what to say about all of them, um, but but he goes on to Hanaz Dvarim over here, right in the in the third paragraph. Right, we talked about Ona by money, right? By, by, we talked about fraud and overcharging, but there's also Hanaz Dvarim, which which is just you and your friend speaking to to your friend uh, and embarrassing them and embarrassing them, right? Speaking to them in a hurtful manner. Akavachomer, if you do it in public, right? That's much worse. That's all bonus punning. That's the next one. But any action that embarrasses them. Right, cause a gemara above matzia. Right, that uh, that if uh, don't remind about tshuva of, of someone that they'll be embarrassed by. 
for example, the Gemara the, he talks about Psukim and Eov, that Eov was sick, and his friend said to him, well, if you were just a little firmer, you wouldn't have been sick. Right? That, that makes a person feel terrible. Don't say that. Right? Or if a person asks for advice, right, where should you buy something? Right? If he wants to buy ice cream, don't send him to the butcher shop. Right? He's going to be embarrassed, especially if he doesn't speak Hebrew. <laughs> that might sound really funny, but he's going to be embarrassed when he says you know, he wants ice cream and the butcher looks, looks at him like he's crazy. Right? Don't set up someone for a situation of embarrassment. Right? That's, like, that's like half of reality TV, just putting people in embarrassing situations. Right? And, and he quotes over here, that's worse than Arnaud's mama. Right? Again, once a person's self-esteem is taken away, right, it's very, very uh, hard to rebuild. And Kalvachomer, if, if it's in public, Right, what Gemara says, what Pazik says, uh, the Gemara says, no, the, the Mishnah is saying, Avos, yeah, that's where it is, yeah, that someone who embarrasses their friend in public has no share of Alam Haba, right? It's probably not worth it, right? Even if it's really, really funny, uh, losing your Alam Haba over a joke is probably not worth it, right? He quotes, Ramchal quotes over here, a terrifying Rashi in, in, in the Gemara Bab Metziah. Gemara Bab Metziah, Dafnun Tess, says, If a Baruch who is angry at Am Yisrael, Right, let's say, for example, Rahman son, God forbid, Hashem is angry at Am Yisrael, and all of the gates of prayer have been sealed. Gemara says there's one gate that remains open, and that's the, what's called Share Ona, the gates of Ona. And what does that mean? So Rashi says, the gate of someone who's been crying out because they've been verbally abused. Which means that if someone has been verbally abused, and, or embarrassed, or whatever it is, and cries out to Hashem, and you're the one who did it to them, God help that type of person because no one is no one's tools are getting through except for this guy, right? Or this girl. Tara, you do not want to be on the receiving end of a cry after someone has been embarrassed. Right? God's protocol promises to listen to that cry, even if all other gates of davening uh, have been sealed. Again, quotes more Mamari Chazal. I do want to kind of move a little forward. Um, and uh, I'm not going to talk about all of them, uh, but uh, basically he speaks about how bad Ono's Devarim is. Um, Basically, it's a right? Uh, oh, just oh yeah, just not to skip that second paragraph. But just mentioned quickly, right? That there is even onas devarim by mitzvahs, right? Again, we start talking about rationalizing, speaking badly to someone. Uh, we're talking about rationalizing and avoiding rationalization. So this is an issue that comes up by mitzvahs. Right? For example, let's say by tochacha, if you're giving someone musr, right? You can't embarrass someone just because there's a mitzvah to give them musr. Right? To embarrass someone in the context of a mitzvah is a mitzvah right? It's it's not, it's not a mitzvah. Right, just like we saw by, by Mamon, by Anas Mamon, that a person can't deprive their employer of their time, right? even do a mitzvah, right? We talk about employees are not, the times of the Gemara, not allowed to say the entire Kriyashma, not allowed to say the entire benching, right? So, same thing over here. A person's not allowed to embarrass someone just so they will do tshuva faster, right? That's not a thing, right? The rationalization, I would imagine, is very strong for that, but the Avera still is very serious. Okay, next paragraph, he moves on to the realm of giving advice. Right? Very often, a person has... Uh, their own interests in mind right, when giving advice. Right? Again, the Pazik says, right, uh, don't put a stumbling block in front of a blind person. What the Chazal explained is that someone comes to you for your advice, don't lead them the wrong way. Right? You have to, a person needs to give someone else advice as if nothing personal is at stake. Right? Nothing personal. And unfortunately, when people come to us for advice, almost every single time, even, though, even if you don't realize it, a person has their own interests in mind. Even if you are not related at all to the question, at least your own reputation of appearing competent or knowledgeable, for example, this is very tough for rabbis. Very difficult to say, I don't know. Right? I remember a student once came to me and said, Rabbi, I really appreciate you. You really know how to say, I don't know. 
So I couldn't tell if it was a compliment or, or an insult because I guess I didn't know so much. But, but, but okay, whatever. But basically, so that is definitely very difficult for someone to do. Uh, and, certainly, and certainly someone who has an actual stake in, in the question at hand, right, for, you know, whether for them or someone else, right, someone asks you about a shidduch, someone asks you about a business deal, and, and you're personally invested, certainly that's important to try and weed out all the rationalizations. Uh, and, and it's important, says Ramchal here, not to lie. Right? If a person asks you about a shidduch and you're trying to get someone married, let's say the girl is, I don't know, a bit older, so you bend the truth and you lie about something, or, or in worst case, maybe she's also to marry this person like certain coin situations, that's what we're talking about. Don't rationalize, don't lie, stay away from lies, take your own interest out of the picture and judge it with a, a, with objectivity. That's what Nikias uh, tells us to do. Speak to someone's best interests, not anyone else. And someone, again, gives you advice for, or asks for advice, rather, let's say about a yeshiva or a sem, don't steer them just to your seminary because, you know, it may, may not be the best place for them, right? Only cheshben you should take, right, is, is what's best for the, that person. Obviously, there's a lot of examples of this, uh, but and we'll just go a little further. Uh, but obviously, you can come up with many, many uh, examples of rationalization by, by giving advice. Uh, how is a person supposed to give advice? So again, we said, uh, he says over here, Ach zos hi yashar. Right? This is the obligation. Uh, of uh, of the yashar person, right? It's called mesilas yasharim, right? The path of the yashar. So for a yashar person, for the, I guess, the path of the just, I don't like that translation either, but for a person who's going down the right path, right, going up the right ladder, right, how is a person supposed to give advice? Again, I'm, I'm on page 71 if you're uh, following on the text. So the Ramchal says that a person should give advice as he or she would want to be advised if they were asking the same thing, right? Put yourself, right, in the other person's shoes, right? The only factor should be Right, what the other person's best interests are, and says Ramchal in this paragraph, that if the best advice for your friend would harm you, for example, uh, you're in sales and they're in sales and they ask you for a tip, or you're in investments and they're in investments and they ask you uh, about an investment in XYZ, so if they get that investment or they get that sale before you do, that will hurt you. Right? So Ramchal says either you should be honest about it and say, hey, listen, I, you know, I, this is going to impact me if I tell you the truth, if you can, if you have that type of relationship, be real, be real with them. Or if you can't, so, and, and, and this is an example, you'll see where you can't really, it's not really so shy to be real with them. So take yourself out of the situation, right? This comes up a lot, and as I just alluded to, in Shidduchim. Right? Very often, right? not very often, but I would imagine often, let's say you'll have a friend and says, oh, I, maybe should I go out with that guy? And really, the, you want to go out with that guy or you know, vice versa. So, person shouldn't say you shouldn't say no. That guy's a bum. No, that girl is is, is lousy. Right? That's false. That's sheker. That's that's usher. Right? You're not. You don't really. Obviously, you're not going to try and say, listen, I really want to go out with them, so I'm not going to give you good advice. Obviously, no one's going to say that. But you shouldn't say that they're a bum just to throw them off the thing. You should say, I don't know him or I don't know her or whatever. Remove yourself from the equation. It's a lav deoraisa. It's an Isra Daraisa, the Ramchal here quotes it. The Puzzle says that there are a bunch of uh, things that uh, are cursed, right? a bunch of actions that are cursed, right? In the Har Grizim and Har Eval. Arur Mashgeh Iver Badarech. The Torah says that a person should be cursed. Someone who leads someone down the wrong path, if you mislead someone, that person should have Arur, should have a curse upon them. So it's a serious Isra to give someone bad advice. And if it's going to impact you, so just, just step out of the way. There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know, I'm not sure, not the best person to ask, I don't know them, etc. Now, just to finish off, there is one exception, and that's if the person is trying to do something that's usher. 
or something wrong or inappropriate. For example, uh, if someone's trying to get the rabbi the shul fired, or someone's trying to break up a marriage, or whatever. So, and, and, and that's wrong, meaning it's not that there's reason. It's not, I'm not, not in a scenario where there's cause or reason to get the rabbi fired or break up the marriage, etc. I'm saying, like, the rabbis are at tzaddik and the marriage is amazing and this guy is trying to be, or this girl is trying to be a bum and, and a rasha. So there, and if that's the case, so then it says the Ramchal, fascinating, it's a mitzvah to mislead them. Then it's a mitzvah to tell, give them bad advice because the Pesach says, tell them, v'mikesh titpatel, right, that, titpatel, that a person should deal crooked, deal uh, intelligently or deal with cunning, as he says over here, with crooked people. I Meaning you should, that there, then there is a mitzvah to lead them astray. But I'd imagine that 99% of the uh, advice Shilas you're going to get is not a scenario where someone is looking to do harm uh, to someone else. All right, we're going to call it here because he's going to go on to uh, different types of uh, bad speech, rechilus, and, and hating other people, and he's going to go to shvuas and lying, etc. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, it's just, a, you know, good as a place as any to, uh, to call it to call it for today. And Mr. Shem, we'll go back to next week. Um, great to see everybody. And uh, Hatzlacha was your first week in college and stuff. And uh, we'll be in touch.